I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. It's Dean Jackson and Joe Polish. How you doing, Dean? <laughs> I'm good, Joe. <laughs> you Welcome like that? Back to I love that. That was great. Right on cue, just like that. Yes. Welcome back to episode number two of the I Love Marketing podcast. It's pretty exciting so far, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so I, you know, I, I, I honestly I can't even really remember that much about what we talked about last time because I have entrepreneurial ADD. Um, but I, I think we were talking uh, at towards the end about uh, the jet ski story where I met uh, the rich guy uh, out on the lake and uh, we were jet skiing and he gave me some incredibly good um, wisdom about, uh, you know, staying with uh, the business I was in or at least learning how to make a business work because um, that's, that's where we were at, right? Is that what you recall? That's exactly where we were at. We had we had left a bit of a cliffhanger from last week. <laughs> so imagine like I'm a trained SEAL and you're the SEAL trainer. How would you like me to start? <laughs> <laughs> I could go right into it, Dean, you know, but hey, there's very few people in my life I give that level of authority to, but on ilovemarketing.com, you know, hey, we are here to serve. Exactly. And so, uh, so you want me to just well, kind of go into you it? You know, that would be... Um, because, you know, last time we talked about the kind of the earliest lessons, the earliest impact of marketing on our lives and on our businesses. And now I think it's a great idea to kind of pick up that story where you were sort of a struggling carpet cleaner and thinking about getting out of the business. And then you, um, why don't you just kind of refresh everybody's memory about the, the jet ski encounter and then we'll hear from there what what you actually did with that advice yeah and i was in my 20s and and like i said i mean uh to, to go back to the story to kind of refresh you i i went out on this lake and uh i i was had this carpet cleaning company i was looking for something else to get into where i could make some real money and i explained to this rich wealthy individual that i had a carpet cleaning company and you know, um, I wanted to go into something else, and since he did really well, any recommendations he had for a business I could go into, and he asked me if other people were making money in the business I was in, and I said yes, and he said, well, if there's other people making money and you're not, there's nothing wrong with the business, there's something wrong with you, and of course, I defended myself with how I'd gotten <laughs> certified, and I was trained, and I knew the technical side of the business, and, you know, he basically said, well, you know, if you, uh, if, if you want to go into another business, you're going to spend a another six months, another year, another, you know, two years learning the technical skills of another business so you can go out and, and repeat the same business habits that have caused you to be a failure in, in the business you're in right now. And so what you need to do, young man, is learn fundamental business skills and figure out how to make business work because once you do, you can then take those skills into any business. Uh, and so even if you hate the business you're in, um, you know, 
you if you at least know how to make profits with it uh, there's there's certain fundamental things that you need to that, that if you know them and you you've learned them you they apply to all different types of businesses so that's when i sort of made a pact to myself that uh quit thinking that the grass is always greener on the other side uh, figure out how to make this business work other people you know were doing well that you know like i i think i'd mentioned in the, in the last um podcast we did that uh you know, I, I'm I'm young. I live in a great country. There's lots of opportunity. There's other people that are doing well. Figure out what the people that are doing well uh, are doing, and that's when I started reading. And one of the very, you know, I, so I went back from this jet ski trip with this pack that I am not going to get out of the carpet cleaning business until I figure out how to make it work. And so <clears throat> I didn't know if I'd ever get out of it at all. And I mean, even to this day. You know, I'm still in the cleaning and restoration industry. I just do something different in it. So mm-hmm. people, you know, can still stay within their same, you know, careers, industries, occupations. They can do many different things with them. You know, I mean, Bill Gates is doing something much different in the computer industry than he was the first time he even, you know, conceived of Microsoft. I mean, we could, we all know that. So you can, you know, grow in many different ways. So what I did is I came back from that trip and, um, you know, I'm going to talk about something, Dean, and you can pipe in and interrupt me at any time. Um, I, I started, you know, on this mission to figure out what should I learn? What do I need to learn in order to make business work, because the guy didn't give me an answer to my biggest problem, and the biggest problem was that I simply didn't know how to generate business. What he mm. did do was he gave me a mindset. He he gave me a perspective that you know what are other people doing that you're not, uh, and and I started thinking about that. So one of the first books I came across wasn't a marketing book, however, it kind of set the stage for me to be sort of. Um, very open to being uh, you know coachable because like my first introduction to marketing was a Gary Halbert newsletter that that a guy had given me and that's what really started me on the path to marketing but even before that happened and I'll talk about that today mm-hmm. um, was I read the e-myth by Michael Gerber as one yeah, of me the, too yeah yeah I mean it was one of the first books I read and and I I just loved that book. I mean, I, I, I yeah. love the message behind it where you can systemize and automate a, me, a business. And, you know, what if you ran your business like a franchise? What if you had to set your business up so there were, you know, 10 of them, 100 of them, 1,000 of them? You know, what would you do right. differently? You know, I, when I when I first read that book, that was the I mean, I can't tell you how many people that book is the turning point for their lives. Like that was fascinating to me to because it was speaking my language. He was talking about creating a business that works when you're not working. I exactly. Yeah. I loved that idea. Hey, I'm going to yeah. talk a little bit about that too, but you go ahead. Let's, let's well, well, so here's what's and so I can one up you. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, seriously, I love marketing for all of our listeners is all about me and Dean just one up in each other, you know, That's cause right. he's of the, he's of the opinion that he's smarter than me. And I, of course, I mean, there's thousands of people that would disagree with that, but uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We both have hopefully our own areas, and you know, Dean is just a genius. And it's hard for me to even say that. Did you say I had to lower my voice? It's crazy. You did have to lower your voice. We're not even in the same room together. You know, we're across the country, and it's still hard for me to say that. So um, when I read uh, the E Myth, I really one thing that really struck me was this whole idea of systemization. 
where you can, you know, automate things. However, unlike a lot of people that I think have read that book, I sort of thought of it differently. I thought of if there's any area of business that is the most important to systemize and automate, it's the one area of business that's responsible for bringing in the money. You know, because you can automate a computer system, you can automate a filing system, you can write a standard operation procedures, you know, how to hire people and, I mean, how to take out the trash, uh, you know, I mean, there's the answer the phone. I mean, there's a bunch of different, you know, divisions of a company. And here I have this carpet cleaning company and, you know, how do you set up the van? How do they, you know, how, how do you take, you know, the hoses out of the back of a truck for a, like a truck mount? I mean, there's all, all these little procedural things that uh, that you can do to automate and systemize a, a process. And the thing that I really thought about the most was, you know, how do I automate selling? Because if I can systemize that, I mean, that makes business much easier. Then you don't have to rely on, you know, so much human effort uh, to do it. And, and And that's where my mind was, but I just didn't know how to piece it all together. It wasn't until... Uh, I had a friend give me my very first issue of the the Gary Halbert letter, and I started reading it that uh, I pieced it all together. And, and also, little did I know that three years from that period of time, Michael Gerber would actually hire me for a day of consulting to come down to the E-Myth Academy and give him marketing advice. And, and, and at the time, he had, had told me, this was back in 1997, he had told me that uh, the day that he had spent with me was the best day he'd ever spent with uh with a marketing consultant uh talking isn't about that funny how you uh you know isn't that funny how when we're reading these things i mean here we are in such kind of local businesses nobody knew who we were we weren't uh in the business of of training yet we were still trying to figure out our own businesses right and yeah, yeah, reading yeah. this book that's so impactful, and then you doing consulting with Michael Gerber, and we used to bring uh, Michael Gerber to come and speak at, uh, he came to speak at about two or three main events uh, that we did in the mid-90s, same thing. So it's kind of funny how you get to uh, meet these people who were so um, impactful for us, you know, including like Gary Halbert and Jay Abraham and all these guys who, you know, we were studying them. And then all of a sudden we get to, because of, of applying all of the things that we learned from them and growing our own businesses and growing our own sort of um, um, sphere of influence in, in the marketing world, that we get to become friends with these people and get to be peers with them. It's pretty, it's an it's a amazing journey. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, and it really boils down to if people want to know the secret to it, apply what it is that people are teaching you. And if you apply yeah. what it is that we are, are sharing with you, there's no telling how far this this knowledge will take you. I mean, you know, one thing, I, I'm a professional name dropper and I know a lot of people and what I'm known for is like, you know, just being a connector uh, between, you know, when, when when my top friends and clients need to know somebody, they'll they'll ask, you know, who, who can do this? Who could do that? How do I meet this yeah. person? And, you you know, people, you know, I mean, that's why I do trips to Necker Island with Richard Branson now, and I, I, mean, I just keep shooting for the moon. Which who now? <laughs> Are you joking? Yeah, Richard who now? Right, the best of me, okay. <laughs> yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> Basically, it all, and I need to make a correction, too, because I said three years later, uh, Michael Gerber would have hired me. Actually, it was three years after I started my marketing business uh with, right. that he hired me but but actually at that time when i first read the the uh, e-myth that was in 1992 
And so yeah. it was really five years later from the time I first read his book to where, you know, I'd actually met him in, uh, in person and hired him and all that. Yeah, he hired me, hired him. Uh, I actually did sign up for his uh, e-myth program in the, in the very beginning. And that's because uh, I just, you know, I love the whole concept. However, knowing how to systemize and automate, you know, something has absolutely nothing to do with with making money if you don't focus on marketing. And so mm-hmm. the, the the marketing is what made all the difference in the world. I mean, I remember I met Dan Kennedy uh, very early on, too. D- Dan uh, wrote a lot of my uh, sales letters and a lot of the copy and would speak at all of my conferences the first nine years of my, uh, you know, info marketing business uh, when I went from taking this small carpet cleaning company and in a matter of six months after being introduced to Gary Halbert, you know, style marketing, uh, I took a, this cleaning company that was, you know, it's doing 2100 a month in revenue to, and I built it to over 12,000 a month with this single van in a six month period. And I had in that period of time quickly developed all these cool automated systems before the internet, uh, in order to generate business. And, and, and I'd like to talk about a few of those things. Uh, it's just in, in the process of uh, doing that, I, I turned this little carpet cleaning company around. It was still small, and I, uh, you know, had dreams and aspirations of building the largest carpet cleaning company in Phoenix. I mean, that's what I was thinking about right when I first got introduced to marketing: is how can I build this big giant company and you know will be everywhere? And I know I now know how to generate business and get jobs. You know, how big can I make this thing grow? And what 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 where my passion was though is. Every day, every night, I'd, I would just want to read marketing. I would want to study marketing. I'd want to read all these books that Gary Halbert was recommending, like the Robert Collier Letter Book and Scientific Advertising, and you know, he tested advertising methods by John Caples, and you know, all kinds of you know, Ogilvy on advertising, all these classic marketing books, and, and that's where mm-hmm. my passion was. And I was studying all this stuff on direct mail and direct marketing. And most people that were teaching it, at least teaching anything that was worth teaching, not the crap that's taught in most universities uh, about marketing, um, I actually, you know, most of them were information publishers. And so that's how I kind of fell into, well, you know, instead of building this big carpet cleaning company, maybe I'm better served to focus on where my passion is at, which is really this one niche within the cleaning industry, which is like job getting. You know how to how to generate jobs, and because uh, I, I love to make the phone ring. I mean, it, it amazes me that you can change the message on a on a, an ad or a flyer or in the yellow pages, and it would you know sometimes ten times the uh, the response. Or you could take some some marketing piece, some flyer, some Valpac type ad that wasn't working at all, and you just tweak the message, and all of a sudden you'd be getting a ton of calls, yeah. and that you you know that sort of stuff. So. You're saying "huh" a lot, so I want you to say something. I mean, smart. I'm fascinated because I'm listening to uh, the evolution here of it, you know. And so I'm interested to hear what the very first um, application of the, this learning of, of direct response into your carpet cleaning business. So you, okay. you know, you started discovering this. What were you doing to get business before you started applying? direct response what kind of yeah, well, marketing were you doing and what kind of strategies <laughs> were you using yeah i was i was actually spending like i mentioned in 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 the, in the very first uh you know uh podcast that we did was uh 
you know, I was living off credit cards. So I was, you know, I was running ads in the yellow pages, but they were like a blown up version of my business card, name, rank, and serial number. Uh, and that's what a lot of websites are today. They're just the electronic version of a, you have a blown up version of someone's business card. They got their logo, they got their name. They have, you know, it's this image advertising. And, uh, I, you know, I was putting out flyers, uh, two rooms in a hallway for thirty nine ninety five. Uh, and, and I remember I used to have this little line that said, we will beat any advertised price. And I actually used to believe that people would clean carpets for, you know, six ninety five a room because they would run those bait and switch ads too. And in big cities like Los Angeles and Phoenix and Chicago and, you know, Houston and, you know, I mean, you name it, any big city in the U.S., there's, there's bait and switch. Uh, and bait and switch doesn't just apply to, you know, carpet cleaning. It's in all industries, you know, dentists mm-hmm. even do it. I mean, a lot of, you know, every type of industry where they uh, advertise a ridiculously low price uh, in the hopes of getting the foot in the door, and then they rely on, you know, upselling. And, and there's nothing wrong with upselling. There's nothing wrong with wanting people to buy more. It's it's how you go about doing it uh, that's the right. difference. Uh, you know, not putting – people love to be sold. They hate to be pressured. So it's it's one of those – you know, it's one of the ways of using pressure, selling, and, and that sort of stuff. And so I was advertising just really low prices. I was handing out business cards, and I was doing a lot of manual marketing. If you don't have what we now call, you know, elf marketing, easy, lucrative, and fun, automated marketing strategies, you know, the same stuff that that you have successfully used for many, many years, Dean, that you've taught thousands of people how to use that sort of stuff, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing a lot of manual marketing where you, you literally call people, you knock on doors. I'd go to restaurants mm-hmm. and I'd hand out business cards. I'd, I was getting business by going to apartment complexes and yeah, I mean, that just sucked because um, I'm allergic to, to cats. I failed to mention that. And I would get oh. these apartment units um, in, in the middle of summer. You know, cleaning carpets is hard enough work as it is. But in the middle of summer in Phoenix where you can go into an apartment that doesn't have any electricity and you have to carry a portable steam cleaner up three flights of stairs and you have to have an extension cord plugged into electricity somewhere downstairs and you go into a unit that there's no AC and you're doing hard manual labor and you're sweat. It's like working in a sauna. And then when you're allergic to cats and you're wheezing because you can't breathe, I mean, that just sucks. And there were days where I'd spent all day doing that. And, uh, you know, but I was committed. I wanted to figure out how to freaking, I didn't want to work for anyone. I mean, I was an entrepreneur, yeah. damn it. And I, you know, I, uh, I don't care that I'm going bankrupt here. I'm going to figure out how to make this crap work. And that yeah. was sort of, you know, good Dan Sullivan, our friend, you know, the founder of Strategic Coach, says there's two things you need when you first start a business. You need ignorance and you need courage, you know. And, <laughs> and, and I had a, I had a lot of both, I guess. Um, so, um, you know, I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And so um, right. not knowing what I didn't know kind of kept me in it. It's still swinging at the bat, but also it mm-hmm. also kept me stuck because I, you know, I, I had no idea that my biggest problem with generating business was n- knowing how to craft a compelling message and make sure that the right people see it so that they can respond. Because marketing is basically what you say and who you say it to. And so what I was saying was lousy, and who I was saying it to was lousy. I was going after low-price apartment complexes where the management would take 30, 60, 90 days sometime to even pay you. But that's how I survived in the beginning. I mean, I just got a few, you know, apartment complexes that would throw me, you know, a few units, you know, here and there when people were moving out, having to get them ready. And that's what I did. But uh, so, 
you know, before this marketing stuff showed up, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get a, occasionally a few residential homes, but honestly, God, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would literally walk through neighborhoods and put really kind of lame price-based flyers on their doors, and if there was anyone there, I would talk to them, and I would literally try to sell them, you know, face-to-face if I could, because you know, when you're starving, you need to eat, so, right. you know, being, being hungry is a good motivator to get off your ass and do something, so... Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I did, and so that that, that was where I was at. And uh, and I don't want to bore everyone with all the miserable details of it. I mean, I, I think most people have have pro- either have their own version of that or might be in the middle of it. And so, what did I do first? Well, I had this guy give me a copy of the Gary Halbert newsletter, and I read uh, the first. And I remember uh, specifically, it, it was it was the issue about the Halbert index. And what we'll do at some mm. point is we'll post this on uh on um you know i love marketing.com and and let people read the very first issue that I, that i read that got me in the marketing it was in 1992 and he talked about the halbert index the things that you you know that you need to be successful in business and uh basically in the issue uh it talked about you know, smart people. Well, I first said to the guy that gave me this this newsletter, I said, where do you get this? And he said, well, I subscribe to it. I said, how much does it cost? And he said, $197 a year. And, you know, back in 1992, you know, that was a good chunk of money. And yeah. I said, well, what do you get for it? He goes, well, you get that newsletter every month. I go, it's this eight-page newsletter. He's like, yeah. I go, that's all you get? He's like, Yeah. I go, and I, I, I swear to God, Dean, I did this. I got a calculator. I said, that's, you know, $16.25 an issue. I mean, you can get a book for, you know, less than that. I mean, and he said, Joe, oh, you're the, yeah, he's like, you're the last person I thought that would say something like that. Continue to read it. So I, that was about, you know, four pages into the newsletter that I made this comment where I stopped reading it. And I continued on, and two pages later, about six pages into that issue, it said something like smart people are the ones that, that, that value information, uh, that don't value information by the pound. They value it mm-hmm. by the quality and that a real player, and he talked about players with money in that newsletter, that a real player would rather pay, you know, a thousand dollars for, I think, ten pages of, you know, valuable information than you know, $10 for 300 pages of fluff. And so what I first got was I got a marketing mindset that don't, you know, the value of something is is based on, you know, what you get out of it. And and the whole newsletter was about, um, you know, just just real players with money and what do players with money invest in? What do they spend their money on? They spend their money on speed. They spend their money on things that will save their time, that will allow them to do things differently. And what do the smartest people subscribe to they subscribe to educational materials you know they go to seminars they subscribe to newsletters and and that's what kind of hooked me and so i you know i signed up for 197 bucks uh for this newsletter and and one of this bonus came with it which was uh gary halbert's book how to make maximum money in minimum time and uh that was one of my very to this day one of my favorite marketing books and all it was was a compilation of some of his past issues of his newsletter yeah, and yeah, um, i got it too that's, yeah yeah I mean, i'm listening yeah. i mean we've talked we've talked a little bit about this but i you know it's amazing to like see like step for step the path early on how you know this is before we even knew each other we're on identical paths so far it's, it's, yeah exactly 
Yeah. In, in a very close time frame, too. I mean, right around, mm-hmm. you know, give or take a year or two, we're, we're both right around there. And uh, I think yeah. you might have even started, when did you first get introduced to marketing? Um, right around that same time, yeah. So, like, 19, um, 1991, 1992, right around there. That was, yeah. I mean, to direct marketing. And I always have been interested in advertising and all that kind of stuff. But the I would say that my real education really started with the um started with the e myth that was the the big breakthrough book and then it started with um an introduction to to Jay Abraham and to um um from there Gary Halbert ran ads in Success magazine like I subscribed to the the Gary Halbert newsletter very early on. I don't remember whether it was 1991, 1992, somewhere in there, but he would run um, ads in Success Magazine that were like free report reveals 14 ways to, um, I forget what the actual headline was, but he listed them and they were like, you know, how to get the name, address, and telephone number of everyone in your city who's likely to be your customer. Right, and right. How to, you know, all these things like point by point, which were basically the the chapters of the of the book. And so you you know, you call in and you order you just leave your name and your email address. I mean this is you know, he's using free recorded uh messages, not your email address. You call and you leave your name and your mailing address. And he mailed you a letter that told you how to get the free book. It felt, you know, it was funny because my initial reaction to it was that it felt a little bait and switch uh, at the very beginning because it was saying free book reveals how, you know, all these things. And you call this phone number and leave your, your address. And then you get a letter with, it was a dollar bill letter that he mailed. And I was like, what is the, what's going on here? You know, somebody getting money in the mail. And it, the letter went on to tell you how you can get the free book when you subscribe to his newsletter. And so it was, I thought the free book was coming. You know, I thought that's what I was ordering. But I, but I, I was subscribed to the newsletter anyway. And I got the, um, and I got the book and it was just, it was, it was fantastic. It was wonderful. You know, that whole world then became an obsession for me. Yeah, and you know, Gary was, I think, one of the very, first off, Gary Halbert was a tormented, uh, you know, demonized person in so many ways, and he was also a funny, irreverent, just brilliant uh, marketing genius. I mean, truly. Yeah. And, and, I mean, so, so many, you know, but Gary would burn bridges with some people because he'd go, he'd, you know, he became a really close friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm still very good friends with his sons, and they, you know, I'm, uh, a lot of stuff that we have where we're, you know, going to be putting out a lot, already have a lot of Gary Halbert materials. I've got the triple X, you know, Halbert consultation I did with him, which is, I recorded, you know, back in uh, 97 when I was doing a lot of work, uh, right when I first started doing a lot of work with Bill Phillips when he had, you know, um, had company EAS and writing the book Body for Life at the time and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Gary was very involved with helping Bill with, uh, 
you know, at least you know, Bill learned a ton of stuff about marketing. Uh, Gary Halbert gave Dan Kennedy his first copywriting job for five hundred bucks. You know, he taught mm-hmm. Ted Suarez how to write copy. You know, before the that's you know, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the impact. Yeah, yeah, the, totally. You know, I mean, so the, so the whole impact of it, and um, you know, Gary, uh, you know, Gary was a character, but he he really knew how to explain the importance of marketing using copy. And what I what I never realized was the the value of words. That you know, one thing mm-hmm. I would always say, and and I, and I still do to this day. You know, the difference between a one dollar bill and a hundred dollar bill is the message on the paper. And even when Gary would send a dollar bill to the top of a letter, you know, that was you know, a very powerful headline, even without using words. You know, if you have, if someone mails you something and there's money attached to the top of it, it doesn't matter if it's a penny or a dollar or a $10 or $100 bills or whatever, it's pretty darn impactful. You know, he would always say, you know, in order to, to uh, you know, people of America sort their mail out over a wastebasket. And uh, it's going to go into two piles, either the A pile, which is everything that is personal or appears personal, or the B pile, which is everything that is junk or looks like junk. And he said that if you want people to respond to your, your offer, for one, you better make sure it gets delivered open and read. And one of the ways mm-hmm. to make sure it gets delivered is use what's going to be the highest likelihood of deliverability. Send it either FedEx, send it through you know some sort of priority mail or overnight mailing or you know people have to sign for it or use a first class stamp don't use bulk mail you know don't make it look like you know don't put teaser copy on the outside that would say something like how to you know save 50% off your subscription to time magazine he's like it immediately yells out that's a sales pitch you you want it to look mm-hmm. like a personal letter that you know aunt minnie was sending because if it gets open and then boom then you got to capture their attention it, it, once they open it and that's where he would use dollar bill letters headlines very powerful copy and you know that so even the way he sold to me and got me hooked into it had a lot to do with me understanding how it worked even before I started applying it because you asked me what are some of the first things that that I did, and I'll tell you mm-hmm. a couple of the things. <clears throat> One of the very first things I did was I learned the whole concept of education-based marketing. And if someone, if you, if someone really wants to understand marketing and, and wants to read what. Every great copywriter will always, you know, consider just a fantastic, one of the best marketing books ever. Read Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. I mean, it was written in the, you know, early 1900s, but, you know, that, that's just a great primer for what I'm going to talk about. And, and I mean, you, you've been teaching this for many, many years, Dean. Um, but basically, I got the whole concept of, of copy. Educate people about what it is you're doing so that you're not, they're not making a decision, you know, totally based on price. So I'd, I'd hired a, a copywriter, a low-level copywriter, paid him $1,800 just based on conceptually what I had in, in mind from what I what I learned from Gary Howard's newsletters, you got to have a really good sales letter. So it's like, okay. So I started writing some sales letters, changed the, the uh, you know, changed the offers and things on my, you know, my business card. I put a free recorded message that I actually I got a, a red stamp at the time that said, warning, don't call any carpet cleaner till you listen to this free recorded message. Call anytime, 24 hours a day. And I would stamp that on the back of my, you know, current boring business card that said the name of my company, the phone number, residential or commercial, you know, I mean, it said basically nothing. So 
<clears throat> I, I, you know, I, I used a pre-recorded message. That was one of the first things I did on a business card. But I, I hired this copywriter to uh, talk to me for. It took about a month to actually get this done. He was asking me questions about, you know, all of the things that people didn't know about carpet cleaning, but they didn't know they didn't know these things. And so, right. so it doesn't sound confusing. It's all of the things that your prospects don't know that they don't know. So I came up with this whole thing of, uh, and, and I'm doing all this off memory because I've done this a lot, but I had this consumer awareness guide to carpet cleaning. It was a half, you can imagine an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper folded over and it's laid out and there's, you know, word processing is not like it is today. I mean, you can do this stuff, you know, online. Oh, I know. You have videos. I mean, it's, it's, it's all kind of, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff, but basically it said, read this guide and you'll discover six costly misconceptions about carpet cleaning, eight mistakes to avoid when choosing a carpet cleaner, uh, seven questions to ask a carpet cleaner before you invite them into your home, crawling critters and crud, a guide to the slime, grime, and livestock that's seeping, creeping, and galloping through your carpet, how to avoid <laughs> four, car- yeah, how to avoid four carpet cleaning ripoffs, the difference between value and price, you know, how to get your uh, carpet cleaner to 100% guarantee their work, and much, much more. You know, open this guide to learn, you know, and they'd open it up and it's, it would start out saying, you know, dear homeowner, choosing a carpet cleaner isn't easy. Why? Because you're bombarded with, uh, you know, uh, to unqualified technicians, to, to near worthless method, to bait and switch, you know, companies. You know, how do you ever find a qualified, competent carpet cleaner? You start by reading this guide. In this guide, you'll learn. And then it reiterated what it said on the cover. And we wrote this guide, you know, to help you make an informed, intelligent decision. And, you know, and that's the key because, you know, people don't want to make an uninformed, stupid decision. They want to make an informed, intelligent decision. And so I basically taught them in this guide everything they needed to know to choose a carpet cleaner. And the funny thing was is, is it wasn't totally biased towards my company. I mean, if they never hired me, the consumer would learn a tremendous amount of valuable things that they would need to know, and they would simply know how to hire someone. And that was like a contract way where people don't want to give up their trade secrets or don't want to explain how they do things or, you know, God forbid they would actually help someone in their advertising actually not only why they should hire this company, but how to actually hire that sort of service. You know, like, how do you, how do you buy a DVD player? How do you buy a television? You know, how do you buy a computer? How do you buy a car? I mean, they're all like, price, 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 buy from us, you know, and, and, and there, there, even to this day, there's a tremendous amount of education-based marketing that's lacking in every industry. And um, so not that the information isn't out there. I mean, with things like Google, you know, now we have all kinds of great ways that we can do research and people that don't understand good marketing today are more commoditized than ever. I mean, but they were still very commoditized back then because everybody chose a carpet cleaner based on price. And why do people, you know, say how much you charge for something? Well, void of any other criteria to make a buying decision, people always default to price. So before I learned this, my main buying you know, premise was I'll give you a good deal. But after I created this consumer awareness guide, I then paid the copywriter another 250 bucks to take the consumer guide and turn it into a 24-hour free recorded message script. And so then, like, here's what happened. I started, I, I got magnetic signs that said, warning, don't call any carpet cleaner to you. Listen to this 24-hour free recorded message. And I slapped that on the side of my my van. So when I was driving around, 
you know, people could get the phone number. I put it on my business cards. I put it on all my flyers. I ran a phone book ad that said that. I and, and I also came up with another. I needed an irresistible offer. And so the irresistible offer I came up with was a free room of carpet cleaning up to 200 square feet and a carpet audit. And I came up with this process that not only included the offer, which is a free room of carpet cleaning, but it also included the carpet audit. And the carpet audit was a system of evaluating the condition of someone's carpet in their home so that when I went in there, I was not doing what everyone else was doing, which was giving them an estimate. Everyone's like, we'll get free estimates. Like, well, okay, free estimate. What's that mean? Free estimate means free sales pitch. And so, you know, no one wants a free sales pitch. I mean, of course, it's going to be a free estimate. I mean, how, how many people pay for estimates? So I wanted to do something valuable you know, so that, you know, I mean, could you imagine, you know, let's go to the auto mechanic and get a, let's pay for an estimate. Uh, I mean, it's, and some industries actually do, of course, depending on what it is, but you need to call it something different. You know, what you call something is, is critical. You know, that changes the whole perspective and in, in perceived value. You know, there's a lot, most business owners you talk to, even lousy ones, actually think they're valuable. You know, and, and you could be. You, wanna, you know, you, you, the funny thing, though, I'll give you, like, the funniest reframe that you'll ever hear. You know the cafe by my office where I go every morning. Oh, the, yeah. The girl there, Christy, so she's been making these cookies that are, like, with oatmeal and, and you know, all, all good stuff in the cookies. And But she reframed it. She puts a basket of them out in the morning with a sign that says, Breakfast Cookies. <laughs> and people gobble them up. I mean, it's just the funniest thing to call them breakfast cookies. But uh, you know what? Seriously, seriously, how how important is that little example? You know, it's yeah. Just like yeah, you. I mean, people. You know, Jay Abraham would always talk about it. You know, the famous line that you know all all human beings are secretly wanting to be led. I mean, absolutely, people don't want to think. I mean, look around the world. You know, people only do what they want to do. You know, pe- they people, want an pe- excuse, like, "Oh, well, these, it's okay to have a cookie for breakfast because these are breakfast." <laughs> exactly. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, I started using all this education-based marketing stuff, and all of a sudden, I no longer got phone calls that said, "How much do you charge?" If I did get a call like that, I'd say, "Oh, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Jones, let me, uh, if you like." And this is before the internet. See, Dean, this this is so much easier to do today because now all you need is someone's email, and you don't even need to talk to them. I mean, they can opt into your website, and you can just automatically send them your free report or your educational video. I mean, today we now have you know carpet cleaners all over the world that use you know consumer awareness DVD. They have it uploaded on their iPads. You know, we we have you know links that, that they put on the websites that you know give them an educational video on how to choose a carpet cleaner. I now created EthicalServices.com, which I first created in 1999 when I went on. ABC's 2020, and that that show was viewed by 20 million people in the U.S. And I was, you know, dressed up, you know, I had long hair and a ponytail, hidden behind a little hat that said uh, Pope John Paul II comes to St. Louis, because that was the only hat that we could find. I think at like Kmart early in the morning before we did the sting operation with 2020, <laughs> and I created this, you know. So now my consumer awareness guide has been, you know, all, I mean, been, been read and viewed by just, you know hundreds of thousands of people and uh basically um 
you know, I mean, back in, you know, 1992, when I first started using direct response, uh, I had a little booklet and I had a free recorded message. And so people that would call up, I'd say, you know, if you'd like, I'll, I'll send you a consumer awareness guide. And it'll teach you everything you need to know on how to choose a carpet cleaner. Or if you want to write this phone number down, go ahead and listen to this free recorded message and it'll teach you everything you need to know. And if you would like to do business with, with me after you've listened to that, go ahead and call me back. And if not, it'll at least tell you what you need to know. And by taking that sort of approach, in a lot of ways, it was kind of like not begging for business. You know, I mean, you know, it was proper positioning. And then people, they would call that free recorded message and they would call me back and say, I want to do business with you. And the phone calls were not like, how much do you charge? They were, when can you come out? When can, and when I added the free room of carpet cleaning and a carpet audit, people would call up the schedule. Their free, you know, because I, I would, I would have copy. I didn't just say free room of carpet cleaning and a carpet audit because no one even knows what that means. So I would, I have sales letters that would accompany this, and and basically it would be like, we'll come out to your home, we'll we'll give you a free room of carpet cleaning up to 200 square feet. There's no cost or obligation of any kind, and uh, we're also going to give you a 15 uh, minute carpet audit. We're going to evaluate the condition of your carpet, let you know what recommendations you're going to need in order to maintain, you know, your carpet in the best, uh, you know, state possible. And then, you know, it would go on and on. And when I'd go out to the home, um, I actually had a form. It was going back to the e-myth. It was an automated process where how right. many, what's their name? You know, how many adults, how many pets, how many children in the home? Does, does the vacuum use environmental filtration? Or what what uh, stains or spots? Uh, what are areas of concern? Does anyone in the home smoke? Is the carpet matted? You know, and all of these things where I would be able to keep track of the condition of their carpets. And then the real, real simple things that most people, you really should find out about them, but most People really don't think to put it into an automated system where I was like, how often do you clean your carpets? And if the person put every five years, you know, man, this is a person that really neglects their home. But if they put every six months, every year, you're like, gold mine, you know, this is a person that really cares about the condition of their carpet. Have you ever purchased carpet protection? Then you never put yourself in the position of having to upsell somebody something if, they, if they've if they already acquired the habit of buying it. And, and, and so... Right. I would I would capture all this information. We do a free room of carpet cleaning, and then voila, uh, reciprocity would kick in. Whenever you provide something of value to somebody, I mean of real value. I wasn't going in and cleaning a tiny little spot out of the middle of their, you know, living room. I mean, we were literally letting them pick one room up to two hundred square feet. If they wanted to do a larger room, we'd say, well, you know, you're obviously going to have to pay for the larger room. If you, you know, so we would really. I, I would, you know, every once in a while, I would, you know, kind of depending 200 on. Two hundred square feet is a good size. Uh, that's a good size bedroom. Yeah, it is, it is a good size room, and it certainly is a, is a good enough of an area to to go into someone's home and clean for free. But see, I was doing this built on something I learned from listening to a J. Abraham tape, and let me share you that, that story real quickly. Uh, you know, it's funny how like Gary Halbert. And all these, they kind of like lead to other people. Because I found out about, I met Dan Kennedy um, through the Gary Halbert newsletter. I got reintroduced to Gary personally in a lot of ways through just being in that circle. And I met all kinds of interesting marketers in the very beginning, including getting introduced to, you know, Jay Abraham's material. It wasn't until, you know, probably a decade later that I actually first met Jay. And, you know, now Jay's a friend. And you get to know all these people. However, um, you know, back 
back then, uh, I got this cassette tape because Jay Abraham was pitching a really expensive seminar, and he sent out some tapes, uh, audio cassette tapes, if people can remember yeah. those. <laughs> uh, about remember. You know, yeah, and, and this was his way of instilling reciprocity. I got I'm that like, exact one. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, and so there was, he, he told this story of two carpet cleaners that wanted to hire him, and at the time, Jay Abraham was like $3,000 an hour. And, you know, he always touted himself as being the most expensive, you know, marketing consultant that you could hire. And uh, so basically, um, these carpet cleaners didn't have 3000 bucks. They scraped together, these two guys, young guys, uh, scraped together uh, $2,000, and Jay gave them 45 minutes of consulting and taught them in that 45 minutes um lifetime value of a customer, the concept of lifetime value of a customer, that you don't know how much you can afford to spend to acquire a customer until and unless you know how much they're actually worth to you in the lifetime they're going to do business with you. So as an example, you know, say at the time, an average carpet cleaning job, 150 to 200 bucks, let's say it's 200 bucks. Well, if they clean their carpets once a year uh, in a five-year period, that person is worth, um, you know, $1,000 in revenue uh, if you have a carpet cleaning company. And if that person refers one other person just like them, just one, only one in a five-year period, just like them that cleans their carpets once, you know, a year for five years, that's another $1,000. So instead of going into a home and thinking of, well, this is a $200 job, you go into every home thinking this person's worth $2,000 to me if I do a really good job of wowing them and impressing them. And so using that premise, what would you be willing to do in order to generate, you know, a, a client? And so, because you're going to pay for business anyway. A lot of people are like, I don't do any advertising. I'm never going to pay to business. It's like, really? You pay with time. You pay with money. You pay with energy. If you don't pay with money, you're going to pay with your time. You're going to pay with energy unless you just happen to be so lucky that you're in a business where everyone, you know, is beating a path to your door. And a lot of people want to live in that fantasy. But the, the reality is, you know, I, I always use this example where if like the world's supply of toilet paper ran out tomorrow and you happen to have a garage filled with toilet paper, you don't need to be a brilliant marketer. You just get a cardboard sign, you put it in your front yard. You know, I got toilet paper, $50 a roll. You know, you can be a complete idiot and you're going to sell a lot of toilet paper because supply and demand is on your side. So if you're ever in a situation where supply and demand is, you know, I mean, where everyone in the world is buying houses and, you know, you've got, you know, a house for sale. Well, now look, look what's happened. You know what I mean? So void of having supply and demand in your favor of being lucky, you usually have to be a little bit more sophisticated about it. And so, you know, that was, uh, that was sort of the situation. And so I kind of went on a tangent, but I want to let you say something before I just kind of go off because you know how I can be, Dean. Said I know exactly how you can be. Yeah, it's an entrepreneurial ADD. I just keep rambling. But it's all sort of heading in, in one direction, which is good, because you always come back to how <laughs> it's, <laughs> we're, you know, right now we're still, you know, you're at a point where you've completely switched from doing the, you know, traditional kinds of, of carpet cleaning advertising, and now you're advertising educationally and people are calling you instead of you having to go out and try and, you know, just yell at people to, to choose you when they need to get their carpets cleaned or trying to convince them they need their carpets cleaned. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me talk, let me talk about that if if I could then, because uh, it's, mm-hmm. re- it's really important what you said. And, and I mean, you're a master at this and you know this. I mean, one thing I want to reiterate to everyone listening, and, and we'll talk about this probably in depth in, 
in future um, um, I Love Marketing podcasts. And you're always going to hear me and Dean come back to some of the fundamentals like education-based marketing, automated marketing, I mean, the lifetime value of a customer, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and when one of the things that we'll talk about a lot is, is before, during, and after, uh, which you created for the real estate industry. What do you do before mm-hmm. the job to get business? What do you do during the job to increase the average sale and to, and to bond with the clients? What do you do after the job to make sure they keep coming back? And so when I learned um, lifetime value of a customer, it really what really dawned on me was that being in the uh, relationship business, not the transaction business, and these two carpet cleaners that were on this tape set with Jay Abraham, um, you know, he said, go out and give away free carpet cleaning, give away entire homes of carpet cleaning, uh, because when you do so, uh, you're going to basically acquire clients. And, and in a, you know, six months or a year, they'll maybe come back. And in a lot of ways, you, they're going to have reciprocity, so they may refer other people to you. So these two carpet cleaners for paying $2,000 to consult with Jay Abraham for 45 minutes, spent a month going out and literally giving away entire houses of carpet cleaning. And according to, you know, this tape set that I was listening to, these two guys built a six-figure, you know, a year carpet cleaning business, giving away free houses of carpet cleaning. They would go to county fairs, they would knock on doors, and they lived, they survived that first month by referrals and by tips that people gave them. And I thought, huh, how can I take that same idea? That sounds pretty cool. I've been reading all this Gary Halbert stuff, so I sort of get the education-based marketing angle. How could I create an offer that is as good as that, but doesn't require me to actually have to give the entire thing away for free? So uh, there were some companies that were teaching people to go into, there was a dry cleaning system called Host, and I had, you know, bought some Host machines, and, you know, I, I had, I had a, steam cleaning method, I had a dry cleaning method, you know, I was thinking, oh, let the consumer decide what they want. You know, I was going through all these evolutions of trying to figure out how to make a business work. Because at the end of the day, you know that most business owners just get up and most human beings and bumble their way through life. So, (laughs) I mean, I was was just trying to to figure out what the hell to do. And uh, one of the the demonstrations that this company did was they would go into a, a commercial setting or a home and they would, like, take some tape and they would, you know, it would look kind of like duct tape and, and uh, it would like painter's tape and they would put it on a square area in the carpet. They would clean the square and then they would remove the tape and you would clearly see this really clean contrast. And I thought, you know, that's a really cool way to demonstrate the quality of your cleaning of before and after. But I, I felt it, I felt it was a little kind of like not the right thing to do because you, you force the person to have to hire you or they're going to have a clean square in the middle of the room, and it was a tiny little area. So I wanted to take a little bit of the Jabraham stuff of the whole house, a little bit of the demonstration, and create a very powerful, irresistible offer, and at the same time, have the customer be thinking this is totally ethical, this person provided great value, and if they liked more, they would hire me, and if they didn't, I would say thank you, I wouldn't use any high pressure, I would simply impress them and wow them with the quality of my service. And so I came up with a free room of carpet cleaning and a carpet audit, and the thing that allowed me to really make the free room 
really appear valuable is before I'd start the free room of carpet cleaning, I would go in and evaluate the condition of the carpet and I would talk to them about their carpet. I would give them a consumer awareness guide or I made sure before I showed up, they listened to the 24-hour free recorded message so that they knew they had a professional coming over to their home. And then when they were properly positioned, then they were more likely to do business with me. And so that's what I wanted to say, that you're a total master of in the before, during, after. It's positioning. And the difference between selling and marketing, selling is when you're on the phone or face-to-face with somebody. Marketing is what you do to get someone on the phone or face-to-face with you properly positioned so that by the time you talk to them, they're pre-interested, pre-motivated, pre-qualified, and predisposed to do business with you. I'll say that again because this is something that everyone should write down. When you do your marketing right, selling is easy and ideally unnecessary because if you do your marketing right, it does your selling in advance. Really good marketing is the quickest path to the sale. Really good marketing does all of your selling in advance, and the people end up becoming pre-interested pre-motivated, pre-qualified, and predisposed to do business with you. And that's what I first learned from Gary Halbert, how to actually create that positioning robotically through a sales letter, through a sales message delivered by paper and ink, delivered through a free recorded message, delivered through advertising. And in today's day and age, you can deliver it through a website. You can deliver it through email. You can deliver it through you created the first opt-in page. You can do it through Facebook. You can do it through social media. There's a lot of different ways that you can actually educate people in advance, deliver valuable information, give stuff to them you know, for free, that sort of thing, because... The number one question in all consumers' minds is, who can I trust? That's what our friend Richard Rossi says. And your job as a marketer is to establish trust and rapport so that people feel, ah, they can do business with you. Now, if you if, if you have something that no one else has, you know, a lot of times people will do business with companies they've never heard of because they simply, you know, they, they're so in love with the, the pitch or the offer or they so badly need it. However, if you have a lot of competitors, you're way better positioned to have, you know, people really have trust and rapport with you. And if you understand the lifetime value of the client, you'd be willing to do a lot of things to acquire them. And so I quit doing what every other carpet cleaner was doing, which is trying to sell jobs. They would go and they'd get a job and then they'd spend all this time, money, and energy to acquire a customer and then they'd forget about them. They wouldn't mail them a newsletter. They wouldn't send them a thank you. They wouldn't try to get referrals. They would just try to go to their next job. And I was like, you know, it's just ridiculous. You're just chasing after new customers, new customers, new customers, and you're neglecting the ones that have already given you money. So I not only improved my marketing, but I looked at every single client I'd ever done business with, and I started communicating to them. I started mailing them monthly newsletters. I started asking them to introduce me to other people for referrals. I developed an automated referral program where every time someone would give me a name, I would send them $10 in the form of five $2 bills so that they would totally remember me because no one's going to spend a $2 bill. And every time they opened up their wallet, I wanted them thinking about me and my carpet cleaning business. So, you know, that's that's some of many things that I started doing uh, in the beginning. How, but, how uh, long did it take you to, um, you know, to roll a lot of that out? Because the, so the the consumer awareness guide was the very first thing. Oh, the, the, you know, probably honestly about probably about three to four months. It took me about three yeah. to four months. I mean, I instantly increased my prices. I instantly, you know, even before I wrote a sales letter, I started talking to people differently because I started realizing that, you know, wow, your customer, you know, people 
don't do what everyone else does. I mean, the, you know, if, if you want to have success in business, look at what everyone else is doing and do the complete opposite, and you're probably going to do better off than trying to copy what everyone else is doing unless you're modeling the very successful. I mean, so what happens is people model idiots. They look at what all of their idiotic customers are doing. They listen to what their idiotic brother-in-law says on how to run a business. They get advice from all kinds of people that know nothing about what they're asking advice for. It's, it's kind of like relationship advice. You know, how many people that have bad relationships talk to their other friends that have bad relationships, and everyone that has bad relationships is talking about how to have a good relationship. I mean, it's just gossip. You know, I think currently the stats on gossip in the in the United States are two-thirds of everything that people talk about is, is gossip. And, you know, as it relates to advice in business, I mean, you know, if you really, I mean, when I went on the jet ski trip, I listened to the advice of a guy that was a multimillionaire. Every one of my other friends that were broke, they all were giving me business advice. What I, I learned very early on is like the best advice to take are from people that are actually doing it, not someone that, mm-hmm. has, you know, any, anyone can have an opinion. But, you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many quote unquote marketing experts are out there that have never even read a book on marketing, have never built a successful business, but they certainly, you know, think they know what they're talking about. Do you remember the, um, how long it took for all this new stuff to have an impact on your, on your revenue? Oh yeah, well, I, like I said, I went from twenty one hundred a month average gross to twelve thousand three hundred a month within six months. So That's you know, yeah. five times more than five times the revenue of the business within a six month period. You know, some people say double your business in a year. I mean, I'm more than five times my business in six months. By simply changing the message, I didn't learn anything more about the technical side. I wasn't a quote-unquote better carpet cleaner. I simply changed the message on the paper. I conveyed a different message. And that was fascinating to me, that you can change a headline and increase response. You can change the offer. You can target a list. There's all kinds of, you know, it's literally about the offer and the list, the offer and the list. And and now, and when I say offer, that means including the copy. And, And when I say, you know, Gary Halbert would always say that, almost any problem in the world. Well, he didn't say almost any. He said any problem in the world, any problem in the world can be solved with the right sales letter. And I didn't believe that in the beginning. And the more I've been in this business, the more I realize if you need a kidney transplant, you can write something. And in today's day and age, when it says a sales letter, that could mean a video. It could mean an audio. This podcast is an example. If we spent an hour trying to to educate people about something and offer to sell them something, which we're actually not going to do on on this episode, maybe down the road we'll we'll maybe suggest things. But, you know, this I Love Marketing podcast is simply going to be, you know, Two guys that have done really well in marketing, that love marketing, share what it is they know why, because we love marketing. This is a cool subject. You know, we like talking about it. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the, it, we could use, you know, audio to try to educate someone and then sell them something. I mean, because what is selling anyway? You know, so, uh, I, I think, I think, uh, any business situation, if you do not have a sales letter, put it together write it, you know, sit down and create something that, you know, educates people that, that explains the reasons why they should look at what it is you're doing, why they should buy, why they should acquire. And, uh, so many people will just do everything they can to avoid any sort of selling. And then they wonder why they don't have any money. They wonder why they don't have any business. And, you know, what I learned early on is, you know, go out and ask for the, you know, ask for the money. Cause, uh, yeah, I remember this, um, Great, uh, 
you know, uh, story about John Lennon and uh, Paul McCarthy. And uh, Paul, I think, was talking about how, you know, I remember people saying that the Beatles weren't capitalistic. And he goes, that's not true at all. I remember sitting down with John and saying, hey, let's let's write ourselves a swimming pool. Right. You know, meaning let's sit down and write a song, and the song will pay us royalties so we can buy a swimming pool. And, uh, you know, and I always wanted to do that. So, I mean, uh, a few years ago, I actually had a guy build a swimming pool for me in my backyard that I taught marketing to. So that was kind of cool. So I guess in a lot of ways. Oh, that's fantastic. So you built yourself a swimming pool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, someone else built it for me, but I... No, you, you wrote yourself a swimming pool. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. talked I, to yourself. I, I, I talked to myself a swimming pool in that particular situation, but... Oh, yeah, so you can acquire... You know, I mean, hell, I mean, Bill Phillips, you know, back in 1999 gave me a, you know, brand-new convertible Jaguar that cost, I think, $81,000 because, I, you know, he made a few million dollars from, you know, one single marketing strategy I gave him. So, you know, all the same marketing ideas and, and we'll go back and forth during the podcast on this in, in future episodes but I, I ended up building this carpet cleaning business turned it around was originally thinking I was going to build it into the you know a large carpet cleaning company in Arizona then I decided I love marketing so let me just stay totally immersed in that I ended up selling the carpet cleaning company a couple of years after I, I, I first got introduced to the marketing I went full-time into my marketing business had a, a partner in the very beginning for like a year, and then I just literally bought this person out. And, uh, you know, Piranha Marketing was, uh, you know, in full throttle. And I, I ran an ad in an industry trade magazine offering a free report on, uh, you know, how to build and grow your, your cleaning company. And I would That's send that. how rip- you take those same lessons that you same applied to build your business that you moved into a completely different business. Completely. Right, well, in what? What's that? I was going to oh, say what is that we're we've come oh. up to an hour. Are we are we really already in an hour? Okay, well here's the deal. I'm going to get to save. I get to think for a whole week of how I get to one up you with my early days success. <laughs> yeah, the, during the next episode, Dean is going, going to be doing the next episode. Yeah, yeah, this will be the I love marketing feature. We should change the name from to where it says Dean Jackson, Joe Polish. I really think we should do a vote. I think everyone that's listened to this in the comment section should vote. Should it be Joe Polish and Dean Jackson? Because I said at the very beginning, I wanted this to kind of be like Batman and Robin, where you're like Robin and I'm like Batman and I'm like the Lone Ranger and you're like Tonto. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. But I, I'd love the listeners to give us their, you know, their viewpoint on that. There we go. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that I think is another successful episode. It's amazing how fast it goes. Yes, but I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to next week because I, I'm going to share the same. Um, you know, I'm just I'm amazed at how similar so far our stories are. You know, I mean, getting to that point of, of really applying education-based marketing. That was the very first thing that I did as well. So I'm really looking forward to um, to sharing that story, and you can see the similarities there. Of course, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. So thank you, Dean, and to all of our listeners, thank you. Uh, give us your comments on if you're finding all of this extremely valuable, and go out and create some educational stuff um, and, and, and literally you know, apply it because uh, you're not going to get any results if you don't take any action. So you'll hear that a lot, but uh, you know, the idea is only useful if you use it. So thank you.
There we go. Okay, Batman. We'll see you here. Same bat, <laughs> same bat channel. Awesome. Bye.